We, we, you know, we got a great, God, it's just been a great, great week, uh, great time with the guys at, at, at man camp. And uh, we believe that men are the strength of the church. Now, I'm not, I'm not uh, belittling women. I think the best thing that we can do for women is produce strong men. You know, trust me, I, I don't want to live without the women. Because <laughs> I, I just spent two or three days with a bunch of men. And, uh, you know, I, I was just like, yeah, I can't wait to get home. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, uh, well, man, some of these guys, you know, crying all the time. No. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> we, had, we, had, we had a great time. Had a, had a great time. And... Uh, uh, and some of you guys that were there, you're going to hear a couple things, uh, you know, that I brought because this morning, uh, and I have, I've got the notes I can show up to you, I was all prepared to go one direction, but while the guys were talking, God just kind of redirected me. And, uh, and, and, and I tell you, I, I, I just, I want you to really open up your heart and your mind because I, I, I know that God's purpose, that is planned for your life, God's, you know, it's on the, it's on the wall, you know, that God has, God has a plan. For your life, and, and it's a good plan. It's 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 not to hurt you; it's to prosper you. You know, and, and we're, don't don't let me, if you hear the word prosperity and immediately you see dollar signs, you got you live in a way too small of a box. You know, a a, a healthy uh, relationship that is that's prosperous. You know, uh, you know to to carry to carry the you know the 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 cargo you were created to carry. That's that's prosperous. Right to, to to have a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling place, a quiet resting place. That's prosperous, right? Health in your body and in your mind and and vision and purpose and destiny. God God's got a plan, but we we got to do this thing God's way. Come on now, you're good, but you ain't that good. All right, look at your neighbor and tell him. Well, you're you're sort of good. Tell him, you're, you're kind of good. Uh, I, I want to jump in right here, Psalms uh, seventy eight. Verse 9, uh, the children of Ephraim were armed and carrying bows, yet they, they, they turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk according to his law, and they forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. The children of Ephraim, they turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God. They refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and wonders. But look at that. They, but they were armed. They were armed. Everybody say they were armed. And they were carrying bows. Amen. Look at this in the message. The Ephraimites, armed to the teeth. <laughs> I love the message. Armed to the teeth, ran off when the battle started. Well, well who are these cats? Listen, guys, these guys, these are not a bunch of, of uh, sissies. Th- these, guys, these guys are amazing warriors. And... Uh, and they were armed, carrying bows. They knew what to do. They, they, they knew how to fight. Well, who, who are these Ephraimites? They, they're a bunch of guys that, uh, uh, you know, back in the day, they're, they're, uh, they, they were going to war, and, and they, were, they were having a little bit of trouble with this one group. And if you read the book, you get back in the Old Testament, you read the book, every time they loaded up the Ark of the Covenant, if the priests ever sent the Ark of the Covenant in, we won. Okay. Because, you know, the ark represents the presence of God. When the presence of God shows up, the whole world changes, right? You know, you can be a David with a sling, and you're going to kill the giant. You can, you can be, it doesn't make any difference what forces are coming against you. You win when the presence of God is there. 
But there were some issues in the camp, and Eli had a couple of sons, and they were a couple of idiots, and, and they were doing stuff that was not acceptable to God. They were living in a way that was not acceptable to God, but rather than change it, they tried to hide it. And, and, and then when they get into battle and they're losing, they load up the Ark of the Covenant, and they take it out there, and the Ephraimites were getting, getting their, their hiney handed to them, even with the Ark, and they ran off. And not only did they run off, but they left the Ark. And that's when the Philistines took over the Ark. Talk about embarrassing. Show up with a box that's supposed to have God in it. And 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 an enemy that when God shows up, you do understand that when, when, when God shows up, your enemy is defeated. I said, if God shows up, your enemy, he already is defeated. Right? The Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. For this purpose. Here's the purpose. Here's the purpose that God sent Jesus to destroy the works of the evil, to destroy the chains in your life. You know, uh, the chains in your life, you might be hoping that they, that they get broken today. I, that's not my prayer. I don't want your chains broken. I want them destroyed. Because, see, that which is broken can be repaired, but that which is destroyed ain't ever going to have a grip on you again. The anointing doesn't break yokes, it destroys them. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he would destroy the works of the evil one. How many of you think Jesus was successful in fulfilling, accomplishing his purpose? Well, if he was successful, then he destroyed the works of the evil one. So how come the evil one who's been destroyed is messing with your life? Because you show up, you got your box with God in it. But God ain't in that box. God, I mean, I'm telling you, they, they showed up with the ark in the, in the presence of God. And, but but they, were, they were living a lifestyle that was not acceptable to God. And, and they, they hauled around an empty box and they didn't even know it. And, and the fact is, is a lot of us, we got, a, we got this empty thing going on with God. We're not even aware of it. We think that, that the presence of God's on our life. No, he ain't. It's just an empty box. And so you're going out and, and fighting battles, that, and, and you're getting your hiney handed to you, and you're wondering, well, God, what's up with that? And God ain't even there. Come on now, this is better than you're looking. Uh, they, they, they were armed to the teeth. Man, you, you, you're armed to the teeth. Well, well why, what happened? Well, because they went to battle in their own strength. They didn't have the power of God, the anointing of God, the presence of God. You know, but wait a minute, we're educated. Yeah, so you're a smart idiot. Well, yeah, but I'm rich, okay? So you're a rich idiot. Well, I'm smart and rich. Are you getting the picture here? You know what I'm going to say, right? <laughs> Man, with, with God, with God, nothing is impossible. But you got that with God part. And God, God don't just, you know, God don't ride. He drives. You know, my dad uh, was an amazing guy. And uh, he, 
you know, it, it was really early in my life when, when uh, they had, you know, they had one of these things and they brought him in because, you know, he was a minister, he traveled, he, he, we did all kinds, I started traveling uh, when, when I was seven and a half years old and uh, we traveled full time. But during the school year, my mom convinced him, you know, because uh, they, they weren't going to do no homeschooling thing, you know, uh, because of me. And, uh, uh, and so he's going to be in school, so he, he did long haul trucking. You know, he, and he had trucks, he owned trucks, he drove trucks, he bought trucks, he hired guys, they, they did trucks. And, uh, uh, and they had these rewards uh, dinner thing one time, I remember. I, I went to one when he had two million log miles. And that was early in my life. You know, and, and my dad, uh, my, my, my dad, I don't know, I think that uh, I, I'm absolutely positive that I have this. It's like in my genes. You know, uh, oh man, the stuff I want to say, and I don't know if you can take it. You know, so, so, oh, you can. Did you know diarrhea is inherited? It runs in your genes. <laughs> okay, but uh, so, okay, she, I said it again. Shelby, <laughs> Shelby's on the front row, going, "Oh my god." Well, that's okay. We'll we'll just get some holy water and sprinkle it around. It'll be all right. You know how you make holy water? You boil the hell out of it. Um, okay. I need, to, I need to get back on track. I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of tired. It's a little punchy here. What was I saying? Uh, okay, I know that I, I inherited this from my dad because uh, my, dad, my dad didn't ride with anybody. You know, I don't like riding. Huh? You know, I've loaded up with guys, and, we, you know, we can, go, we can go, go across the country. Guess who's driving? You know, I took ten kids from five different states to Mexico. We, we left, we, we did services in Oregon, you know, along the way on a Sunday morning, doing here, and on Sunday night we were down in, in Ashland, Oregon. When they woke up, I was in Blythe. I, we got to Mexico two days ahead of schedule because I'm driving. Yeah, and you're thinking you're driving fast. No, it just, I, man, the, the further south we got, the warmer it got, the warmer it got, the more they slept, the more they slept, the more peaceful it was. I didn't, I'm not stopping now. They're sleeping. And, uh, yeah, but, I, you know, but you, you going somewhere with God, can I, can, I, can I just tell you something? You don't get a drive. You're armed to the teeth, but you're still running. And, and, and you're losing the battle. Look at your neighbor and say, wow, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> it's all for you. They, they turn, what happened? They turned back. They turned back. Why? Because they didn't keep his covenant. Why? Because they refused to walk according to his law. Why? Because they forgot his works and wonders. How, how did they get to this point? Because they forgot See, we, we act like God's mysterious, and, and, and we're not sure what he's going to do. You know exactly what he's going to do. You know the end. He's going to position you to win and succeed regardless of the circumstance. He's going to infuse you with an inner strength so that you're ready for and equal to anything that comes your way. He's going to bless you. He's going to increase you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you hope. He's going he's to... What do you mean you don't know what he's going to do? You don't know how... He's going to do it. But you know exactly what. And when you forget what he's done, it's not long till you're not walking according to what he said. And when you're not walking according to what he said, you're not keeping covenant. And when you're not keeping covenant, you're turning back in the day of battle. 
instead of winning victories, you're, you're chalking up defeats. So you got, you got to have something come up alongside of you that, that'll awaken something inside of you. You know, you, 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 you gotta have, you gotta have, you know, a, a, a moment where, you know, where God can, can just present truth to you. In a, in a fashion that you can see it and recognize it, embrace it. You know, uh, it's not odd that godly people make mistakes. Come on, you're going to make some. You're going to make more of them. You're going to make more of them. And, and, and you know what? And I, I don't have any problem at all telling you. I'm going to make a bunch of them, and I'm going to like every one of them. Because I'm going to learn something. Just, you can't be afraid. I'm a, well, I'm afraid I might do it wrong. Well, then go sit down. Because you're not going to do it anyways. So, so let's go. You're, you're going to make some mistakes, but you need, you need to have a relationship that, that is open for correction. See, correction is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Because when correction comes, I'm no longer wrong. Without correction, I'm living life wrong. I'm getting the wrong results. I get in the wrong relationships. I'm taking the wrong steps. I'm ending up the wrong place. I'm with the wrong people. I got the wrong future. I don't want to live wrong. I want to live right. So I need I need to have a relationship, you know, with God that correction is flowing. It's a good thing. You know, Adam and Eve in the garden. Remember, remember he's got him in the garden and, 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 and he's showing up and what's he doing? What's he doing when he when he shows up? Have you ever stopped to think about it? That, you know, in the cool of the day that he would show up and he'd walk. With them. See, a lot of us think that, well, he'd talk to them. Read your book. He'd walk. He'd walk. Well, I talk to God. Well, you know, can I, can I just, you gotta, I hope you get this. You gotta, you gotta, you you gotta embrace this truth that you could talk to God, but not communicate with God. You you know, I've been in, in a few foreign countries. And, you know, a lot of times they're talking away, and I, you just, you know, you just learn to smile. <laughs> somebody, somebody will tell you what what you need to know. You've got an interpreter. You know, when, when you travel, you know, to do missionary work, ministry work, they give you an interpreter. And uh, uh, matter of fact, can I just say this? That the most dangerous person on a missions trip is a guy who thinks he knows the language. <laughs> is that the truth? And they think because because you know they 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 studied in high school. You're you're 90. I'm not sure that but you know and, and are you sure you're right? Oh yeah, I know what they said. You're in the wrong place. And just a side note. Um, there's there's some great restaurants in town that, that Shelby and I like to go to. And one in particular that the gal that owns it just she loves our family. And you know and I've shared this before, but she'll come and she'll talk and and I don't know what she says. I'm just trying to be polite. And then I'll talk to her, and I can, and I tell you, I can tell she's doing the same thing. Pat you on the head and go off going. And there's a difference between communicating and talking. And, and why God showed up to walk with them. See, maybe you ought to just shut up until you can walk with him for a while. 
How about, how about, how about you develop your walk? And then we'll work on the talk later. Because Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Why is God walking with them? So that they can understand how to agree with him. You know, you walk with them long enough and, and you're going to learn to agree with them. Now you can start talking. Because you're learning, you're learning heaven's vocabulary. And he showed up. He showed up to walk with them. And then he shows up one day, and you, you guys know the story, right? That he showed up one day, and, and uh, he's going to walk with them, but they're not at the starting spot. They're not where they should be to meet him, to go on a walk. And, uh, and he starts asking questions. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, asking questions. Uh, do you think God didn't know the answers? You think he's really asking questions so he can learn something? No, he already knows the answers. He, he, you might want to write this down, that God asks, God asks questions to direct you to the answer you need. When God's asking you questions, he's taking you to a place where he's going to bring you revelation. He's already revelated. So he's asking questions, and, and, and because he's, he's trying to bring correction into their life. And the first question that God asked, look at this, Genesis 3, 8, and 9. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves. That's what we do when we're not where we're supposed to be. We start hiding. We, it's, it's the big cover-up, right? And, and we start justifying wrong things in our life. I said we start trying to justify wrong things in our life. And it, kind of like a little Ephraimite. <laughs> That's what you ought to do the next time you see somebody that you know is just really messed up. Just say, hey, you little Ephraimite. <laughs> and they won't know what you're saying. It's cool that way. Come here, you little Ephraimite. You, 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 you empty boxed Ephraimite. And they won't realize that what you're telling them is your believer that's carrying a box ain't got God in it. And they were hiding. And verse 9, but the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Here's the first question. Where are you? See, you've got you to remember now, hang with me. God knew where they were. But he also knew they didn't. I said God knew where they were, but God also knew they didn't. They didn't realize where they were. They didn't realize that they were becoming separated from God instead of closer to God. They, they didn't realize that, that where they were, if they thought about it, would actually give a picture of where they were headed. You've got to let God ask, where are you? Where are you? You know, how about this? How about, you know, if you're married, if you're married, how about, yes, where are we in our relationship? Because we're going somewhere, right? God has a plan. He's taking me into a future. Well, where are you? Are you moving into that future or are you moving away from it? God's got a future for you to have a ministry at the garden. Really, where are you at in that? Are, are, you, are, are, you, are you moving into submission or out of it? Because if you're moving out of it, you ain't got a future in ministry here. 
See, if, I, if, if, you said, if you said, I'm going to Spokane today, and I'm going to be there at such and such a time, and I, say, and I said, okay, I'm going to have somebody meet you there, and they're going to give you some stuff that you're going to need. I'm telling you, they're going to bless your life. Man, they're going to show up with, 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 your, favorite, with your favorite thing. Donuts. And, and, okay, so I'll call you in an hour, hour and ten minutes. I'll call you in an hour and ten minutes, and, 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 and you'll tell me, okay, and so you call, you call in. And I answer the phone. Where are you? Arlington. So you're going, Arlington? It's on the way to Portland. I'm in Arlington. What are you doing in Arlington? What do you mean, what am I doing in Arlington? No, you mean Ritzville, right? No, I don't mean Ritzville. So it's like talk to somebody who's absolutely backwards. What's wrong with Ritzville? Now you're going to start preaching against Ritzville? How come you're so hard on Ritzvillians? And it ain't got anything to do with that. It has to do with the fact that you ain't where you should be if you're going where you said you're going. Where are you? I got to hurry. I just realized where I am. <laughs> Question two. <laughs> Genesis 3.10. He said, I, I, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden. I was afraid uh, because I was naked and I hid myself. Man, I wish I had more time. There's so much in all of this. And he said, look, look what he said in verse 11. Who told you that? Question number two. Who told you that? Question number two. Who told you that? I like to put it this way. Who in hell told you that? Because, you know, here's the deal, is that that word, that thought, it's, if you could trace it back, it's either biblical or unbiblical. That thought either originated in heaven or it originated in hell. And see, the reason I want to know who in hell told you that, because I want to know who's connected with hell Rather than heaven. So he's cussing in church. Hell. I'm asking who in hell sent that out and who's the conduit that brought it into your life. It's either biblical or unbiblical. It, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, then I can trace this back to heaven. I can trace it through the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, who in hell sent that here? Who's trying to hurt me? It ain't God. Who, who told you? Who told you? I, I, I got like all day. I was going to say five minutes. But you know, I'm not going to stop in five minutes. <laughs> you know, there's only five questions, and I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to be pastoral. Who, who, who told you that 1.4 times a month equals committed to the house? Who, who told you that? Who told you that family time is not effective if you do it at church? Who told you that sports are really, really important for the kids and should take priority over God? You know, our son, our, our youngest son, we, we believe in sports. 
All of our boys played. Our youngest son last night had his first junior college game. If you watched the news, you saw him make an interception. Um, and, you know, the, my boys, can, can I tell you, can I tell you where, I, where we raised them? In church. Did, did we ever have issues? Uh-huh. <laughs> I've had to po-po at my house several times. That's the police for you that are over 40. Um, <laughs> uh, we've had all kinds of challenges, all kinds of stuff. But I, can, I, can, I, can I tell you something else? In the middle of those challenges, uh, very few coaches swung by. Now, they played sports their entire life. I hate baseball season. I mean, I hate it. It's cute when they're this little. But the older, it really is. It's awesome when they're, when they're tiny and they're out in the field and they're throwing their mid up in the air. TJ used to do, you know, in soccer, teacher would run out and make a, make a goal and do cartwheels all the way back to the other end of the field. That was awesome. And the games are only about half an hour. You know, but baseball, oh, you know, pray for me in the middle of baseball season. And with three boys, well, they only play three games a week. That's nine games a week. Who in hell said baseball was good? <laughs> but they were at church. They were raised in church. They, uh, guys, they're all serving God. You know, they're playing drums. They're serving in the body. We've got one being trained at, a, at another church, you know, graduated Bible. He's going to be back and leading you. So hey, what's, here, what's the deal? Who, who told you? Who told you that you ought to, you, you, what you need to do is, is, is that you got, you know, you, we got our home life and then we got a church life. We, 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 got a, we got the real world and then we come in here, uh, you know, 1.4 times a week. Who in hell originated that thought? Because you, if you can't trace it back to the book, I don't know that I'd be building my life on it. I got to go to question number three because of the way you're looking at me. <laughs> Verse 13, God said to the woman, what is this you have done? What is this you have done? Here's the question. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? What are you, what are you investing your life in? What, what, what's the product? What's your, you know, because every action, you know, you got to stop and look at what you're doing because every action is a manifestation of a belief system. And what you're doing is an indicator, you know, of what you really believe. What are you doing? What are you pouring your life into? You know, where are you? Who told you that that was okay? And, and what are you doing there? You know, what are you doing in Arlington? You know, how, what, are you, what are you doing when, when you're... When you're Man, you got you got to take responsibility for your life if it's going to be any bigger than you, because it's impacting others. You know, well, you're the pastor; you got to do whatever you want. I don't get to do ninety eight percent of ninety eight point three percent of what I want. 
By the way, 76.7% of all percentages are made up on the spot. Okay? <laughs> I don't get to do what I want. What are you doing? It's impacting lives. What, what are you doing? Wait, who told you that your ministry was more important than God's purpose? You know, and I just, I just say to some of you men, can, can I pastor you for a minute? You know, what are you doing? I don't have time for camp. We only get so many beds. So we fill them up. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just asking you, because, you know, you couldn't have gone now if you wanted to. You know, the man camp. But some of you guys have been around for a long time, and you're just watching that, and, and, you, and you don't go, or you've been, but you didn't go this year. What are you doing? Because your decision's impacting others. <laughs> he threw my feelings. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to get to four because it fits. We're going to shift down to, to the children of these guys, Genesis 4, 5, and 6. But for Cain, his offering had no respect. Think about that. What he brought to God, what he brought to the table, God didn't even respond to. And he gets angry. He looks sad and depressed. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why do you look sad? Why are you depressed? You know the story. He said, you know what? If what you're doing isn't acceptable, then change it. There's so much here, Cain and Abel. Here's the deal is that, it, you know, we, we, got this, we got this guy, and, and Abel, he brings his offering in, and it's received, and, and Cain brings his in, and it's not received. So rather than change and, and have the same viewpoint and attitude that his brother had, he just killed his brother. So I'll eliminate my brother rather than be compared to him. So now you can't, there's, now, now, now you can't, you know, you can't hold that up against me. There you go. Now what are you going to do? Because I'm not changing. See, that's what we do. We see somebody else is getting blessed. Somebody else is getting opportunities. Somebody else that God's moving in. And rather than find out where they're in alignment and agreement with God and where we're not, rather than that, then we start picking them apart and tearing them down and sticking them in with a knife and pointing out everything that's wrong. So, so let's go back to question two. Who told you that it was okay for you to, to judge somebody else's motives? Because you don't have the right. You don't have the right to judge another man's motives. You're supposed to judge his fruit. You, you can look at the fruit, but you, you can't look at the motive of the heart. One of the, one of the frustrations in ministry is everybody's always judging your motives. Why are you doing it? That's a, I'm building your life. Why do you talk to us that way? To get you to listen. Why won't you let us do what we want? Because it sucketh. It's not going to get the, the result that you want. It's Arlington, and you're supposed to be in Ritzville. Well, I'm doing the same thing in Arlington that I would be doing in Ritzville. It's the wrong place. Okay. Why are you angry? <laughs> what he's asking here is how come emotions are making your decisions? See, uh, carnal behavior goes this way. I feel, which determines how I think, which is going to change how I act. Biblical behavior goes this way. I'm going to think right. I'm going to renew my mind. 
then I'm going to act. And later down here, I'll be feeling right. Now, can I tell you, can I, can I tell you that a lot of the stuff that you do is based on how you feel. So you feel this way, so you act this way, and, you know, because, it, it, because, you know, because I felt that way, that's what determined my thinking. So I was thinking this way because I felt that way, and since I thought this way, then that's what I was doing. And I'm telling you, it's wrong. You know, well, just because you're biblical. Listen. I feel, I think, I act. That's worldly carnal. So when I feel like going to the gym, I'll think about putting some shorts on. And then I'll go to the gym. That leads to a body like this. But if I think right, then I'm going to act right. Later down the road, I'll feel right. Hello? Hello? I was looking around the room for somebody really healthy to bring up. I can't find one. <laughs> well, what do you want me to do, bring you up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh? What? You mean? Get up here. Come, yeah. yeah. Emotion. Why are you angry? I got to get the last one. Genesis 4 9. The Lord said to Cain, Where's your brother? Where's your brother? And so I, I got a couple questions for you. This is kind of the social aspect. Here, here's the. Um, all of this stuff that's going on in your world, where, where's, where's your brother at? Um, you know, good people aren't necessarily the right people. Look, you better look at who you're hanging with. Good people aren't necessarily the right people. You know what I believe about church? I believe that you don't get to pick which church you go to. I th the Bible says that God added to the church as it pleased him. Which, you know, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, uh, you know, it impacts our being here. Because it, can, I, can, I, can I just be insanely transparent with you? That if, if I was going to pick the city that we're going to build our life in, it would actually have trees and stuff. You know, <laughs> just saying, you know, now we're here. I'm glad you're here. Glad, glad we made this connect, but try cities. I used to drive through this town. And, you know, I used to minister in town for, for some other guys. And uh, uh, we got, we got stuck here one time leaving town because of a dirt storm. And we laugh. I can remember sitting alongside the road laughing, going, ha, ha, people actually live here. <laughs> Welcome home. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Jonah, man of God, man of God. I wish I, I really wish I had more time because there's a bunch of stuff in the book of Jonah. It's just absolutely phenomenal. It says that they knew that he was departing from the presence of the Lord because he told them so. 
Just let me give you a nugget here. When you're running from God, shut up. You know, you, you, don't, you don't walk up and say, hi, I, I'm the prophet. I'm running from God. How are you today? You know, just keep it on the down low. You know, it's like, uh, but they're in the middle of the storm, remember? And he's like, guys, it's my fault. If you check me overboard, you'll be all right. And, you know, and they threw over the cargo. And we think, wow, those guys were, you know, think about that compassionate heart. That's stupid. Did you hear me? I said it's stupid. Chuck your cargo over instead of just deal with the relationship that's destroying everything. Dang, that was good. You got a man of God in your life. This is going to cost you your cargo? He's going out anyways, or you're drowning. Because God might rescue his man. But there ain't no guarantee he's got a fish big enough for all y'all. Hello? Uh, here's just a, just, a, just a thought. Well, yeah, but we're supposed to love everybody. Yeah, but I ain't supposed to ever have everybody in my boat. I'll be nice and polite, but I'll leave you at the dock. <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Tell you what, uh, it's, a weird, it's really weird to stand where I stand. Because, you know, as, as the guy, you know, the Bible says that I'm going to give an account for you. Yogurt. We're in deep yogurt. <laughs> I'm going I'm to give an account. What, what a weird spot. You know, I love you, your family, your friends. I mean, you know, I got, I got, I got great, great, great friends. I'm the richest man on earth. Look at my wife. Shut the front door. I got three kids serving God, great friends, great team, great church, great house. I'm rich. Man, God's been good to me. Can't even remember the point I was going to make. I started talking about you. I'm going to give an account. Sometimes, you know, you just got to understand something. Because I'm going to stand before God. Then, then I am gonna, I am gonna challenge you. What are you doing? Who told you that was okay? Because you know the Bible says it, Hebrews. It just, it just says it. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. the Bible says you know obey, obey those who have spiritual authority over you and submit. And if you can't do that, then I'll be getting you out of my boat. You know the future that God has for you should be more valuable to you than some of them things that are just about ready to sink you. I'm telling you, I have to, I have to, I have to guard. I have to watch what's going on because it's not just impacting me. It's going it's to start impacting hundreds of other people. So i got to watch that. And there's a lot of times that you don't know everything you think you know. And we're not telling you. Because it wouldn't be right. So what y'all going to have to do? What? 
you got to trust. You have to trust God. Yep, well, God, you put him in there. You can't sit around and judge the motives of leadership. Why why are they doing that? You know, why are they messing with those people? Because they're saving your bacon. Where are you? Who told you it was okay? What are you doing there? Why 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 did you why did you go someplace on a, on a, on an emotional thrust? And how come you're taking the wrong people with you? How, 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 you know if you're if you're listen to me if if you're gonna go kill yourself. Don't take the people who are searching life. And if you're going to produce life, don't hang with the people who go and kill themselves. Come on, wake, wake, wake up. You're armed to the teeth. Said so you're armed to the teeth. The problem is, is the, high, the devil's going to hand you your hiney. Because unless you do it God's way, he ain't going with you. You just walking around in the empty box. I'm anointed. It's hard to be anointed outside the presence of God. I can prophesy. Yeah, almost anybody can. I can flow in the gifts. Yeah, you can flow in the gifts or you can be a gift. And there's a big difference. Just a big difference. I think that the plan that God has for you is more valuable than you getting what you want. Is letting God bring into your life what you need. If, if, if you let go of what you want so that God could give you what you need, oh, my gosh, life would be so much better. Amen? Close your book. Bow your head. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you.